Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Caregiving Gen X Style. I'm Steve Mullen. And I'm Jennifer Mullen. And tonight we're going to talk about different environments in which your loved one may live. But first, Jennifer, how's your mom? My mom's doing well. Uh, I was thinking a lot about her tonight only because she wasn't able to go with us. Uh, We have started a little weekly date with each other to an Opry house that's just down the road from where we live. And it's super fun. It is old school bluegrass and country music and all different types of musicians playing all different types of instruments. It's really, it is, it's a step back in time. I mean, it is not, you know, Nashville grand old Opry level, but it's like a smaller scale, and it's right, Steve. It's really cool. It's very cool. It's very cool that it exists. And for many years, we drove past, and there's just this little tiny sign on the side of the road, and it's the only thing that tells you about it. Finally, I forced Steve back there, and now I'm addicted. But more importantly, my mom is addicted, and I love it because it's actually something for her to look forward to every week. Like I said, unfortunately, she wasn't able to go this week because of the recent slip and fall and possible rib bruise which fracture, was mentioned in the last episode break yes that we talked about last time um but yeah other than that I, you know she's doing great she's she's trying to recover from that and just sit quiet for a few days and um we'll get her back there next week she was very happy to hear i just texted her a bit ago to let her know that our friends brenda and mitch at the opry house asked about her that made her happy um and uh, you know, I've made friends with these folks, too, because when I walk in the Opry house, I think they're just very happy to see a young face there. You bring the average age down by probably 10 years the minute you walk in the ten. door. 10. 10. At least. Ten. Well, there's a lot of them and only one of you. So average it. OK, fine. Fair, yeah. Fair point. Fair point. But uh, yeah. And by anyway. them, I mean old people. Yeah. But it was nice. It was actually nice that they asked about her and she was happy to hear that they did ask about her so you know that even though she's home and she couldn't go i think uh she had a little a little spark into her evening well that's good knowing that her her friends at the opry house asked about her that's good so how about you steve how's your mom um you know she's still dealing with this uh compression spot on her foot it's it's gross it's nasty but I, i that's not what i want to talk about i was there the other day and i was there a little bit later than usual usually now She's in assisted living. They have a dining room. You sit down at the table. You order off of a menu of a couple of things you can get. And dinner starts at 5 o'clock, but most people start wandering in there, starting at about 4.30 to get their coffee and their salad. It's almost like the walking dead just coming in there. I know that's a really bad way of putting it. That is a bad way of putting it, but you're right, though. (laughs) They come come just wandering in there like they come into their seats. And in assisted living in the dining room, everyone has their own seat. It's not assigned, but you have a place that you sit every time. So because my mother was getting her foot wrapped up and dealt with by uh, a nurse practitioner, she was a bit later than usual. In fact, I don't think she got into the dining room until about 5.15. So I bring her and wheel her in there. That is really late for her. That is like practically the middle of the night there. Starting at about 4.35, she starts getting a little itchy. Like, do you think it's time to go up to the dining room? You want to take me to the dining room? So... 5.15, I wheel her up there, and sure enough, there's another little old lady sitting in her seat. What? And (laughs) I know. And she didn't do anything. I thought for a moment there might be an old lady slap fight. (laughs) I really did. But... 
Thankfully, there was not. Thankfully, there was another seat available at the table, but she had to make sure that the person who usually sits there wasn't coming. And thankfully, he wasn't. And I don't know who this lady was. I've never seen her before in my life. She might be new, but I'm going to tell you, my mother's going to want to get to the dining room super early from now on. So now dinner's going to start easily at 4.30, maybe 4.15. 3.30 is what I was thinking. (laughs) So just a little preview of just what assisted living is like. I mean, they have their own seats and God help you if you sit in somebody else's seat. Oh, boy. It's it's comical. And and we get it. It's not really comical for them because it's their life. And it's a control thing. It is. And we're going to have an episode on control later. All right, let's start the episode. I, I mentioned before, we're going to talk about different environments. And there are a bunch of different places in a caregiving journey where your loved one, your mother, your father could end up and they may end up in a mix of all of them at one point. They might travel from one to the next. They really did. I mean, looking through this list, I think our mothers have been in all but one or two of these really. Yeah. Um, No, I think we've covered almost all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Save one. Save one. All right. So let's start with the, probably the easiest one to understand home care. It's really obviously it's your loved one living at home or your home, their home, your home, some variety of home. And they may be cared for by you or a combination of you and nursing help or just nursing help. It has the benefit of your loved one being in a more familiar atmosphere and not having to move. And obviously, it's easier if your parent is somewhat independent. So Gagi basically lives in this situation. She lives at home and gets a good bit of help from you and your brother. She does. Yes. I mean, we, um, she's, she's independent. She's doing great, but yes, between my brother and I and Steve, you, because Mm -hmm. we talked about this in the last episode, Mm -hmm. you know, there are three of us here locally who pretty much can be there at, you know, more or less a moment's notice if needed. And it's awesome because it does allow her to continue living independently. I can't remember if we have this sketched out for a future episode, Steve, but you know, part of her living independently, part of the requirement for her to live independently too, is that she's got a um, medical alert. Oh yes. Necklace. We're going to talk about medical alerts. Yeah. Oh, believe you me. We, we are definitely going to oh, talk yeah. about that. And that's, you know, that's a hard thing to talk an elderly person into, but critical if they're going to continue to live independently. And certainly if your loved one needs more round the clock help or care can't be alone for you know a long period of time this would be significantly more more it would be more challenging yeah for sure you know there are options if they need round-the-clock care and you for whatever reason can't give it what you have to work you have to worry with the other side of your sandwich your kids you know it's it's hard to provide round-the-clock care every single day for for your parents so there are options Unfortunately, it's not a good one. The option is round-the-clock private nursing care. Yeah, which we talked about this at one point, actually, for Steve's mom. Ever so briefly. Ever so briefly um, before we had to make the very difficult decision to to move her into assisted living because we didn't really want her to have to move out of her house. But there are a lot of things to consider if you think about round-the-clock care. So, first of all, it's extremely expensive, uh, insurance and, doesn't cover it. Right. And 
Steve, you and I know your mom's in one financial situation, which is better than the financial situation my mom's in. Could we potentially have figured out a way for your mom to afford round-the-clock care? We could have, but it probably, there's a sort of a limited lifespan to being able to do that, right? The money's only going to go so far for so long with that. But then I remember, I I will never forget this when we were looking at... Who gave us this advice? It was one of the... It was someone who was giving us a tour at one of the assisted living facilities. I remember the advice. I just didn't remember where it came from. I don't remember which one it was, but I remember, you know, we asked her this question. Um, Actually, I think I did because your mom was in the hospital. You were dealing with her. I ended up on the phone with this person because we were trying to do multiple things at the same time. Right. And, and I, I posed the question to her, listen, we're talking about this. Is it possible for us just to hire, you know, nurses round the clock so that she can go back home and, and be home? And she said, yes, you absolutely can do that. It will be really expensive. And here's the thing you really have to remember. Help can be unreliable. And even something, and I mean, I'll never forget this because I hadn't thought about it. What if it's the middle of winter and there is a snowstorm? So forget unreliability because you maybe have a nurse who just isn't going to show up. But what if they literally can't get there? There's a snowstorm and it's not safe for them to be out on the road. And it's not safe for us to be out on the road. Right. Except that there's no choice right. because if the nurse isn't going to show up, that means one of us is getting in the car right. to go right. provide the care. Right. And that was really the deciding factor for us that if it was home care at a level that required round the clock nursing, that just that wasn't an option for right. us anymore. Right. And, and just, I mean, even on a lower level, what if you and I go out of town and that's when a nurse doesn't show up and we got to come back from wherever we are, no matter how far away or figure out some way to get coverage. It's just it's not. It's not terribly tenable. It's not. Yeah, it's not practical. And I know that. And I know this because I know we had this feeling. You want to keep your loved one in their home. It's what my mother would have preferred. In in their environment where, where they're comfortable and feeling, you know, and feeling familiar. But truly, it's it's not. It's not really the best option for a variety of reasons. And on the flip side, speaking of, you know, home care, I know a lot of people talk about, I I don't want to put my mom or my dad or my loved one in in a facility, so I'm going to bring them to live with me. That's a tough one, too, because I I completely 100% understand the philosophy behind that. None of us want to really respect anybody who's willing to do it. A hundred percent. None of us want to think about putting a loved one in a facility, but I've had this whole like mind shift about all of this because I don't think it's 95% of the time. I don't think it's the best option because it creates a tremendous amount of stress on everyone. You still have to have professional, you know, healthcare professionals coming in to help for a variety of things. I just, I don't think it's the, and, and I'm not sure it's the, ha- I don't think it provides the happiest situation for everyone. I've got, I've got a few people I know in my life who have done this and I'm not sure it's really been the best situation. Yeah. I know it's difficult to think about a facility, but sometimes I think at the facilities where there's things going on, that's maybe a better, and, better way to go. And I was just going to say, that's another downside of, the in-home care with the round-the-clock nursing is that your loved one really doesn't get any interaction with 
anybody but the nurses and you. Right. So they're not, you know, versus no social life whatsoever versus being at, you know, it's a nursing home or assisted living. At the very least, they're seeing other people and hopefully doing some activities and things like that that'll keep the brains moving. Yep, definitely. So, So, well, let's talk about hospital care, which obviously is a little bit easier to understand. You know, if your loved one is sick enough, they're going to the hospital. Right. They, you know, sometimes you have no choice. And there are, in our area where we live, different types of hospitals. Uh, they're fairly typical for a, for a metro, you know, area. You've got the large public university hospital, by the way. That's where our daughter works and studies. We've mentioned before she's a nursing student, and um, it's, a, it's a huge hospital. And they've got specialists for everything. 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 You name it. But it's in the middle of a city. And it's a public hospital. And it's a public hospital. Inmates are going in and out of there. It's we've heard, we've heard we've some heard stories. stories when our daughter's working in the ER. There've been some interesting stories. She has had a wide breadth of experiences mm-hmm. so far working in the public hospital. So on the other end of the spectrum, though, Steve, there's the smaller local hospital. It's 15 minutes from our house. It is smaller. They don't have all of the specialties there, but it has the benefit of being a little more homey, a lot newer. We know people that work there. I mean, we actually know people that work there. So every time, you know, we not every time, but frequently when we have to go over there with our mothers, we bump into people we know. Well, we've had to, we have a very good friend, yeah, actually, right. who who works there. And we've had the good fortune. There have been a couple times where I've had to have Goggy there. And I have, you know, texted my friend before we've shown up if she's had to have, you know, a specific type of procedure done. And she has been on it and made sure that we're like, we're not, I almost feel a little guilty about it, but you know, Hey, whatever it works for us. She's exactly. made sure we're not waiting forever and ever. And she's whisked my mom right back to have the procedure that she needs to to have done. And it's been, you know, that's amazing. So there's something to be said for those, for the, you know, smaller local hospitals, by the way, I have to chuckle just a little bit. Cause I know you said it's, it's new ish, Steve. That is where our daughter was born. She's 20, by the way. Our daughter is 20, and the hospital was probably in existence a handful of years before then. New-ish compared to the large public university hospital that's been there since 1838. I appreciate your glasses half full (laughs) perspective, which, you know, is not entirely typical for you. Right. Uh, It's not at all typical. But, you know, those aren't the only two hospitals around here, but those are the two main choices for us. And really what you need to know before it's time for your loved one to be rushed to the hospital is which one do you want to send them to? And it will really, it may depend on what's wrong with them, why they have to go to the hospital. But, you know, we know, for instance, my mother's assisted living is literally across the street from that small local hospital that I was talking about. So she's going to go there 99.9% of the time. Also, I was thinking about it. If you lived in the area we, we live in for any any period of time, there's another hospital that's in the, it's basically in the same network as the, the smaller new-ish, I put that in air quotes, new-ish hospital that's right around the corner from us. It's in the same network, but it's 25 minutes away, but it's sort of the premier hospital in the in this metropolitan area and it's where both of our moms always want to go you say that name that is where they want to go well and sure Steven, 
Steve, well, you and I have had to resist a couple of times because we've had to say, quite frankly, selfishly for our convenience. We don't want to have to drive back. Why are we to going this, to yeah. the hospital that's 25 minutes yes. away when there is one that's 10 minutes away? Well, and where my mother used to live, though, when she had her own house, it was the closest hospital. It was. And, well, it may not have actually been the closest hospital. It was the closest hospital that I would want to send her to. All right, let's move on. The next thing, uh, skilled nursing and rehabilitation. So we've mentioned this before. It's a sniff. Skilled yeah. nursing. It just, I mean, I know it's not, I mean, I know it's not funny, but it's just, it just cracks me up every time you hear the word or the, the term sniff. Sniff. It's just sniff. sniff. All right. So these sniff. places, they provide medical care, but also rehabilitation and the idea being, uh, you know, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy to get your loved one stronger or uh, somehow to help them get back to where they can get back to. God, you stayed in one? Uh, my mother stayed in one, the same one twice so far. And the focus on rehabilitation is really what differentiates them from nursing homes. That and they're not necessarily meant to be permanent. That's right, not where they live. That's a temporary way station. Right, right. It's a, it's a transition from the hospital and maybe they're not quite ready to, you know, go back home. In my mom's instance, they, you know, she wasn't quite ready to go back home. She needed a little, um, a little... Strengthening, strengthening. What's the word I'm trying? Oh, physical therapy. That's yeah, the word. PT. That yes, PT. PT. Yeah, right. Oof, man, that was. I don't know why it was so hard to pull that out. It's a yes, little late as we're PT. recording this. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, so that's what they're meant for, and they, you know, they provide that service. They they do it well. Not a place you want to stay for a long time. No, because I, why don't you want to stay? Because they're understaffed. <laughs> well, woefully understaffed. They're woefully for the most part. C- certainly. And and we'll tell you all this as you're listening. Um, some of these experiences that we had in the in the sniffs were happening, kind of still at the height of COVID. So clearly, I mean, he- healthcare. Let's face it, right? There's a staffing shortage. So regardless, here's what but, I've learned. Here's what I've learned. Yeah. I'm sorry. Let me no, interrupt for you for just go, a second. Go. So my mother stayed in the sniff the first time in fall 2021. Right. So that's, you know, COVID's still hot and heavy at that point. Everyone's wearing masks. They had to eat inside their rooms. They couldn't eat. They had a dining room area, but they weren't allowed to use it. And they were woefully understaffed because at that point, people just didn't want to work. And and there's no other way to put it. People just weren't working. She stayed again for a week uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, She had she had to go in the hospital Oh, my goodness. She went into the hospital and she we thought she had a UTI. She was kind of confused. Turns out she did have a nasty UTI. She also had COVID and, by the way, a gastric bleed all at the same time. Totally unrelated. It was a mess. So she stayed in the hospital for a week and a half and then ended up having to go to the sniff just for some extra rehab before going back to assisted living. That particular experience was like night and day. They were fully staffed up. It didn't take long when she pressed her little emergency button. It didn't take long to get somebody out there. The first time, if you press the emergency button, it could be 45 minutes before anyone comes to help you get on the toilet. And that was a lot of the experience. My mom was in the sniff really just a couple of months before your mom. Not even. Several weeks. Yeah. Very similar situation. They were very understaffed, and it took a long time to get get care into the room. This particular time, it was more like 15 minutes. However, what I have noticed... 
at least in her assisted living. And I suspect we're talking about CNA. CNA's run I was the just show. Gonna, so I was just going to say, wait, you took it away from me because I was going to say we're talking about SNFs that are staffed by CNAs. I was going to use a lot of acronyms all in one sentence. Okay. So <laughs> the CNAs kind of run the me, shows y'all. at uh, skilled nursing and nursing homes and also assisted living. They do all the heavy lifting. And I've noticed that assisted living, and I suspect it's at nursing homes and skilled nursing as well, they staff up, people leave. They staff up, people leave. It just goes in waves. And and it's a it's kind of luck when you stay there as to whether they're going to be staffed up or not. I've noticed it at assisted living. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're missing five people. And they're all scrambling. Well, and depending on the level of care that... Um, your loved one needs when they go into a sniff. Listen, CNAs, God bless them. They're, you know, I, a hundred percent appreciate what they do, and they they have a certain skill level for sure, and they're doing things that Lord knows I don't want to be doing. And we've mentioned our daughter works at that large public university hospital. She's considered a patient care partner. It's basically a CNA. Sort of like a CNA, she, right? She doesn't have that official certification, she's but she's actually, doing a lot of the same thing. Her certification is an EMT, which they consider to be somewhat equivalent. Right. And she, so she's doing all this stuff, all right. this which crap. Which is basically, yeah. It's, <laughs> There's a lot it's, of crap involved. It's the scut work, right? It really it's, is. It's the scut work. And there is absolutely a need for that. But I think um, one thing that Steve and I both found when our moms were in the sniffs, you know, my mom was there post- a pretty big surgery, uh, you know, a pretty big wound incision, some some post-surgery issues that were occurring, and the regular day-to-day care was a CNA. Love you, CNAs. But as a daughter and my brother who's here, like us watching what was going on, it was, it was a little... It was less than desirable because, you know, frankly, I mean, listen, let's be real. We would have preferred there was a doctor in her room (laughs) every single day. That is not realistic. I get it. Next on the list, nurse practitioner. Probably also not realistic. But an RN or even an LPN would have been nice. And there wasn't a lot of that going on. And what I can tell you about CNAs uh, at the assisted living where my mom is, She's constantly talking about, oh, there's a new CNA. I guess I have to train her. And she really is. She's training her on, and really, my mother's very specific about how things should be done. So let's, you know, let's realize that. But training them on how she transfers and and how she does this and how she does that. And if they stick around, they'll know. But they don't. Right. A lot of them don't. Well, I guess the long story short about all of this is probably wherever you live, there are at least a couple of options of SNFs, skilled nursing facilities. And let me tell you, now, before your loved one gets sick, have a general idea of what's in your area. And frankly, even if you have the opportunity to go do a couple of tours and gather your information and get a general sense for the atmosphere and the environment, do it now. You know, I think that's one of the things, Steve, you and I both would agree, and we now have the hindsight to be able to say, if only we had thought about it a couple of years ago, oh, our moms are getting older and there is every chance in the world that they may need to be in one of these facilities. Let's go check them out. We had no idea we We, needed to do that. We had no idea. And y'all, that is why we are here talking to you. I know we're kind of 
you know, we're just sort of telling our stories. They're our very personal stories. But really what we hope out of all of this is that we can provide one or two tips and tricks that maybe will help you along the way. And if you're even just on the cusp of, you know, your parents are aging and you're starting to see maybe there might be some issues going on, go try to do some research before you are in a situation where you have to make a decision like that. Exactly. All right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Nursing homes. Very, 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 very similar to skilled nursing facilities or SNFs. The major difference is that nursing homes typically are long-term care facilities. Basically, the people live there, and it's not a way station. They may still have rehabilitation. It's certainly run by CNAs. A lot of the a lot of them will have, since it's a long-term facility, they'll have things like activities, like movies, theme nights, bingo, which my mother loves. But she does love her some bingo. It's almost, I look at it, it's almost like assisted living, but for people who need more help than assisted living is willing to provide. And and frankly, if my mother goes downhill, that's where she's going. She's going mm-hmm. to an, a nursing home, and, and I don't really want to think about that day. Yeah, I think the thing about nursing homes is there's probably a pretty wide range of people who end up in a nursing home for a variety of reasons. And I think what's got us always nervous really about Steve's mom at this point with her declining mobility, her brain's still fine. For the most part, yeah. I mean, for for an 82-year-old. For an 82-year-old who sometimes can be a little flighty. Yes. Yes, but, you know, in all seriousness. She's pretty with it. Right. Her mental acuity, totally, you know, intact. Body, not quite working. Her body's failing. Not quite working the way we'd like it to. And that's what worries me is that she'll be sitting there. And I, so the, the sniff that she stayed at was actually a combined facility. It was skilled nursing and rehab on one side and basically a nursing home on the other side. And I did, you know, while my mother was doing OTPT or maybe she was being cleaned up or something, I would just go for walks in the hallway. And I walked through there and I cannot picture her living in that area. I mean, for the most part, the people are not all that with it. She wouldn't have anybody to talk to. And that's what worries me. I mean, I hope, and this is going to sound really, really, really weird, but I hope if she ever gets to the point where she lives in a nursing home, she's less with it. I really do. I because she would be less depressed all the time. Right. I mean, I know that's like a really it's a strange sobering thing to say. thought. Yes, but I get it. And especially if you've been in these places and you've seen what sort of the nursing home side of these things look like, um, you don't want someone who's mentally with it, but whose body is is not working to to be there. It's it's. It's not a pleasant thought. Yeah, they're sure. a little sad sometimes. Yeah. But, I mean, I will say the good ones, they get the people up and moving. They they do activities and stuff as much as they can. Yeah. But, I mean, I remember walking through at mealtime, half of them were asleep. Yeah. And that's just kind of the way it was. They yeah. weren't really with it. And um, I, I don't want to send my mother to that. But, unfortunately, at some point, it might happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, assisted living. Let's talk about that. I mean, we've we've talked a little a bit lot, about a lot episode. about assisted living yeah. because that's where Steve's mom is. Um, and that's where, her, you know, her, her path, um, to assisted living was, um, Circuitous. unfortunate. <laughs> right? I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of adjectives we could use to describe it. But, um, you know, for any of you out there, if, if this rings, you know, true for you or 
you, you know, just, just know that, that we've been there and we understand this, you know, here's what happened with Steve's mom. She left her house one day to have surgery and she never went back to her house ever. Never saw she it again. Never saw it again. And I think that's one of the hardest things for Steve and I when mm-hmm. we think about and we're gonna, this. And that's come up before, but it's going to come up again because it's just a, I don't know, weird is not the word, but it's just so depressing. It's so depressing. And it was a, it's, it's a bit of an unusual situation. I, I would say it's not the most common situation. I wouldn't to think so. Um, I, I think there's usually maybe a slower route to you're realizing your loved one maybe shouldn't be living independently. Maybe it's not safe anymore. And maybe you, you know, have some time to tour assisted living facilities. And so you get them into one of these places. We didn't have a lot of time to do it. And I will say this. I brought up assisted living to her before she even had that spinal cord compression that sent her into the hospital, which sent her into sniff, which sent her to assisted living, which led, led to her being in the wheelchair that she's in now. I brought it up. Because she was having some mobility problems long before, basically. I brought it up. I said, you know, is it something you'd think about? Nope. 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 I want to stay here as long as I can. Right. And so she did. She stayed there as literally as long as she could. Right. So, which I think everyone would say, but if there's anything that we can share with y'all that you can, you know, think about, you know, starting to have those conversations with with your loved ones... You know, you sort of use our story as a cautionary tale. Like you don't want it to get to the point where it's so bad that maybe you go into the hospital thinking it's going to be for this one procedure, but you know, things just don't go well because you're 82 years old, 80, 80, 81 when it happened, you know, and it just, it, it didn't, it didn't go the way we planned. Um, so anyway, you know, good assisted living facilities, you know, provide a nice apartment to live in. They take care of things. You know, we've talked about this medicine, laundry, meals, cleaning. The downside is they're super expensive and insurance and Medicare, uh, don't cover them. Usually they're out of pocket. So the prices, I mean, you want to talk about sticker shock. Oh yeah. It's, it's outrageous yeah and what I'll some say, of these places cost and we have kind of talked about the a little bit you know loosely about the the monetary situations my mother was left in very good shape when my father died 22 years ago and she's very fortunate very very fortunate that she can afford to live in a place like this but you're looking at prices they kind of start at two to three thousand dollars a month that's the low end yeah, very I, low I, end I, and i don't even know what you're getting for that i, I really don't either. I mean, typically we're talking more like logistically, you're looking at at least $5,000 and up for a decent one. Well, and those prices, we've learned a lot about this along the way. Those prices are based on the level of care that your loved one needs. Right. At at least at where my mother lives, at the very least. Again, I can't speak for other facilities so much, but they charge you, there's a base price, which if you are fully somewhat independent, fully independent, we'll say, you pay X amount, but then they tack on more based on the level of care that they feel like you need. It's one through five. My mother is at five. So level one is someone who's basically said, I don't feel entirely safe living in my house by myself anymore. And man, it would be great if I had three hot meals a day. I can still cook. I can still do all those things, but it'd be great if they were provided. And, you know, they take care of your medicine for you. Right. 
and they take care of your laundry, they take care of your cleaning. All that stuff's taken care of. That's the base. And then it goes up from there based on what the CNAs are going to need to do. For instance, helping you out of the toilet, helping you into bed, helping you out of bed, that kind of stuff. And then, I mean, there's the initiation fee, right? Yeah. So at a lot of places, they call it a community fee because that sounds more palatable. It sounds nicer. Um, But regardless, you likely will have to pay something like this before your loved one can even walk through the door. So some charge $1,000 or more, but... You know, like one in our area. It's insane. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Literally hundreds. We're not making this up. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. That is weird. Just to walk in the door. And and if your loved one, for instance, lives there for two years and God forbid passes away, you don't get that money back. You don't get it back. You don't get it. It's just it's not like buying a house. You just lose that money. It's where the rich grandparents live. And y'all, this place is just a couple of miles from from our neighborhood. And, you know, we drive by there somewhat regularly. And it's 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 actually rather sprawling and it's grown over the years since we've been here. They've added on and and it's it's a fairly large place. We cannot figure out how the heck anybody lives there many families who have this kind of money and, and that remember, people are living there. And remember, it's not just the initiation fee of, I think the lowest one they have, and I looked at this for my mother, I think the lowest initiation fee they have is like $150,000. And it goes all the way up to like $450,000. Just to walk and, in and the door. You're still paying a monthly fee for your rent, electricity, uh, the medicine, everything else they do for you. You're still paying, I think it's like $5,000 a month. Yeah. And this is this is the thing. Again, if you are in a position and you have the opportunity to talk to your loved one about this right now, if they're maybe a little bit on the younger side, if, if we could go back and Steve's mom was, say, 70-ish, and we could have said, listen... And, and she's in the right financial situation. $150,000, $200,000, invest it now, go live in a place like this, right. and, and, it is, and you've got this step-down option. Right, and I'll tell you, I mean, it really, I've, I've, I've talked to my mother about it. I mean, you know, she understands it's not something that makes any sense, but this place, it's like a landlocked cruise ship. It is. It really, they've got four restaurants. It's unbelievable. Four, including it's an unbelievable. Irish pub. I mean, I've been in there, so as a as a um, many years as a Girl Scouts leader, I've been in there with um, our daughter when she was a Girl Scout, and we've done caroling in this place. I mean, it's amazing. I walked out of there. I'm like, I wouldn't mind going to live there. And you know, that was ten years ago, and I was forty years old, and I thought this place looks amazing. But I will tell you the other crazy thing about that particular place is it's not truly a full on assisted living facility. Like my, for, if my mother wanted to live there, I don't know that she could because it's really much more independent. They have an assisted living wing, but I don't think that's meant for people to just live there full time. It's a little more, it leans more independent than the place like where my mother lives now. Before we move on from assisted living, I should mention there are a few other types that may not be found everywhere. So first off, I know we said that assisted living isn't usually covered by insurance. That's mostly true, but there are some where you could receive assistance from Medicaid. They are few and far between, so you'll have to do your research to find them. Also, as you might imagine, they are not as nice as the assisted living where you pay completely out of pocket. That's just the way it is. Another option is an adult home. This is an actual house where residents live temporarily or permanently and receive help similar to a nursing home. 
They tend to be cheaper than assisted living, but don't generally offer activities and enrichment and things like bingo and whatever. The homes are sometimes run by churches, though, in which case they may be much less expensive because the cost is partially covered by donations. Let's talk about independent living. Well, some areas have housing developments that are labeled as independent living. I think that's really kind of what we're talking right. That's kind of what we're talking yeah, there, about. There's a mix. The there's road. a mix. I mean, there, there's there's it, over 55 housing or, or apartments and whatnot. Those are independent living. They call themselves. Oh, I see living. what you mean. Sort of like where your mom was, a 55 right, and older that, community. And, and, yeah. You know, the yeah. houses, the houses are built for older people. They're single story. They've got. Uh, you know, low pile carpeting, they've got the grab, grab bars, bars et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then, you know, this spectrum goes all the way up to the place that's right next door to where the assisted living where my mother lives. It's owned by the same company. It's called independent living, but they offer a much higher level of, of what's available. So you're paying a bit more, but you can get your meals taken care of. I think they probably take care of cleaning too. I don't know about medicines over there. But, you know, people come and go that a lot of them have cars and that's where people who are still really with it and really mobile, but don't want to have to deal with cooking every day or cleaning their house or doing that's where, you know, they can go and get it all taken care of for them. But it's not assisted living. So I think as we start to round out this episode um, it's very evident that there are a lot of choices out there. There are a lot of choices out there. And I mean, these are things that we have learned along the way, and we've had to learn them fairly quickly. And if you have the luxury to plan ahead and do your research, please do it. Learn from us. We didn't have, we did not have these luxuries for either of our moms. Well, particularly in, yours. In we had a bit of time with my mom, but it was really kind of rushed. Well, We did for pieces of it, but not like for my mom, we did not have the luxury of planning ahead for the skilled nursing facility. I mean, my, my one brother and I, like we had to very quickly pick a a place. There were a couple things that we could take into consideration. We were trying to review some ratings and we were saying what's close, what's sort of midway point between his house, my house, that, so that was quick. By the time your mom had to go into a sniff, we had a little bit of experience. A we knew bit not of to knowledge. send her where your mom was. We definitely knew, yeah. yes, to not do that. And so we had a tiny bit of time because she was in the hospital for a little bit longer. We had time to look. But then on the flip side, we did not have a lot of time to figure out assisted the assisted living facility. I mean, we toured a couple of places, but it was it was quick. And we had this like realization, call us slow y'all if you want but like you know i think we talked about in the previous episode i mean there was one place that we think ultimately might have been the best place for steve's mom but there was a waiting list there was like like eight people deep yeah yeah i mean it just it wasn't an option and if we had known these things could have put her on the list we could have put her on a waiting list two years ago and here's here's the way these things work i can't remember if we talked about this before but you get on a waiting list they call you and say, hey, we have a spot open. You're not ready to go there yet. You say, you know what? I'm not ready. They just put you, put Move you on down to the next person. Yeah, That's a great way to go. It really is. So if yeah. you can do that with your parents or any of the elderly people in your life who you might be caring for, if you can get them on a waiting list at one of these places, do it, and it now. May, and, you know, if, if they suddenly have to go there, that's not going to help you. However, it might come to a point where maybe they're leaning toward it a little bit. You get the call. You say, Mom, Dad, such and such a place has an opening. Maybe this is the time. 
and and then you do it. Yeah. So, all right. Basically, it comes down to do whatever you can to make sure you are not in a situation where you're literally yes. picking it out of a hat. Laying ahead. Yep. Right. All right. Yep. Let's wrap this up. Thanks very much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us with a question, a comment, an inquiry about sponsoring, I mentioned that in the last episode, please just give us money. Uh, or, <laughs> you know, you can send us a note about how's your mom? How's your dad? We might read it. We might play it. You can email us at caregivinggenxstyle at gmail.com. I was going to say, really, we'd love to hear your stories because as Steve and I have been doing the planning for this um, podcast and talking to people about it in our lives who are our age. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a story. And it's actually a little bit comforting in a weird way. It doesn't ease your specific situation, but it is comforting to kind of hear what other people are going through. It's true. All right. So you can email us at caregivinggenxstyle at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail. At 804-723-1221. 804-723-1221. Those numbers, that email will also be in the show notes. If you didn't get it, if you don't have a piece of paper, you don't have to write it down if you're in your car, blah, blah. Uh, know that if you contact us, your comments may be used. You can also find us on Twitter. Our handle is at GenXCaregiving. So that's a wrap for this episode. We hope to hear from you soon in those ways. And we hope you have a great day. Good night, everyone. Good night.